Hi everybody! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Happy 2019! Yep, this is the new sightless and we are back for the new year. <laughs> <laughs> we have time travelled, we haven't spoken to you since last year. No, we haven't. Um, we hope you're all well, we hope you all had a lovely Christmas, a lovely New Year. Uh, we had a lovely break. We did, and I had two lovely days of getting drunk with no hangovers, so woo! Yeah, even better. <laughs> As we spoke about before um, on our last podcast, we were thinking of doing a restructure this year. So over the past couple of weeks, I have sent a lot of, well, maybe most of our listeners, and <laughs> if I haven't got in touch with you, get in touch with me, um, sent out invitations to do interviews um, because of you're so brilliant and you've got loads of different things going on and there's some fantastic things out there that people may not know about yeah we thought we'd start incorporating more interviews get people's perceptions people's experiences out there um yeah so we hope you enjoy uh yeah and i have already got to listen to some of the interviews that laura's been doing <coughs> excuse me <coughs> Uh, Laura's done some solo interviews with some of our listeners. Um, we are going to do some together and then I might do some solo ones. Um, but we thought it'd be a nice way to break up the podcast. Um, we don't want you guys to get sick of just listening to us buttering on. So um, we thought that we would introduce all of you guys and your interesting stories. And um, it's just good to hear from other people as well. Yeah, no, definitely. And, um, you know, of course you all know that you are the driving force that keeps us going so it's kind of a thank you and a way of giving back to you guys yeah definitely so how was your christmas and new year it was really good um i had a nice relaxed christmas um with mine and scott's family um lots of good food lots of good chocolate we watched movies um i got lots of lovely lovely presents um and then you and Dave came round and we got very drunk on two bottles of Prosecco. Great. <laughs> it was. Prosecco drunk. <laughs> exactly. All um, bubbles. We got one Prosecco. <laughs> and uh, New Year, I spent it with my mum. We stayed at her still about one in the morning and then we went round for dinner on New Year's Day. And yesterday was my birthday. It was? Oh yeah, everyone. <laughs> Which Alex no, it wasn't birthday. yesterday. It was the day before. <laughs> Was it? Yes. Oh yeah, it was it. Yeah, um, I did put a thing on our Instagram. So um, she got me a Nancy the Narwhal cake. <laughs> it was so good. It was. It was a very good day. I forgot about that. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was really, really good. Um, Archie got me unicorn lip balm. So it was, it was really lovely. Um, yeah. I got to see my mom, and I get to get my hair done tomorrow. She gave me vouchers and um what else did i do we went to nando's and uh, then we went back to laura's and i'm looking at the palettes that she got me because she was lovely enough to buy me palettes and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm, like that. i was looking at it and i was like why have the lights gone out and then she comes in singing happy birthday with a number eight candle <laughs> <laughs> yeah i couldn't find any of her candle <laughs> it was but, great um, <clears throat> Yeah, it was so hard to try and navigate through the living room in the dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah so uh, Laura, any tips for a blind girl's birthday? Don't play with fire, it's no, hot. it is, it's hot. <laughs> so, um, uh, but yes, how was your Christmas and New Year, Laura? Busy, all I felt like all I did was cook and clean. Uh, I've now people. got like I've now come to like be a master at carving meat, <laughs> like a ninja, like a give me a big knife. Ah. Perhaps Dave should be worried. <laughs> <laughs> no, I used a fork as a guide, so like, it was alright. Oh, but I did lots of cooking, lots of cleaning, lots of spending lots of time with my family, and I got to hold my nephew for the first time on Christmas Aww. Day. 
which is the best thing he's ever. He's so beautiful. He is. He's been really poorly, um, and he was back in hospital Christmas Eve. Uh, no, day before Christmas Eve, and then he was allowed back out on Christmas Eve night. So I was so glad he was home for Christmas. Yeah, it was so lovely. And uh, Laura sent me a picture of her in a Santa hat holding the baby. It was so cute. It was the best Christmas. <laughs> it was lovely. Yeah, so it just, you know, the usual spending time playing games with Archie. We got him kind of, he got quite a lot of games, that are like quiz games and competitions and oh, stuff, so they're more that. interactive. <laughs> we got him um, a magic set and we've had lots of demonstrations. Um, Laura sent me a video of Archie doing his magic tricks and um, he's he's proper. He's a born showman. He's yeah. got all the pitter patter and oh, yeah. it's even though he looks like a nineties raver. Bless him. <laughs> yeah, he's doing. But he uh, he well. showed me a trick on my birthday, and he was like, "Would you like to touch my balls to see that they're ordinary?" And I was like, "Please phrase that differently." <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh, I did Aren't have you? a bit of a busy Christmas um, because I do cat sitting on a cat in a flat, and I put Laura onto it as well. Um, so I can't wait till you have your first booking. No one's going to book me. They will. You've got a cat yourself. <laughs> I haven't got a cat. But um, I was booked by a girl called Lizzie. And I'm just going to give her a shout out because she's become a fan of the podcast. So hi, Lizzie. And hi, Jasmine. And hi, Ben. Uh, I looked after Jasmine um, from the... Oh, when did it start? It was Sunday the 23rd yes and then it ended on uh, the 26th the day after Christmas so I got to play with a cat for Christmas so that was a pretty good present Real. for me uh, and Lizzie has become quite a good friend now as well and she's booked me again this weekend so I'll be looking after Jasmine while they go away so very excited about that Lots I get to cuddle your doing. fur baby I get to cuddle Lizzie's fur baby it's fantastic <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this week's interview is from a company called Ability for All I came across these on Instagram. Um, I do, you know, we occasionally we follow loads of different people yes. and you get those, you know, people you might, you know, preferences and things <laughs> like that. Um, I sent them an email and they were lovely enough, lovely enough to give up some time to hold an interview with us this afternoon. Now, Ability for All is based around Aston University um, and they're trying to get, if I'm correct, maybe wrong, um, they're trying to get <laughs> the student union um, to have a disability group and to be more for the university to be more accessible for um for students um you know with all dis disabilities um so this interview i will um yeah just listen let us know what you think and um, they they have spoke about their contact details and it's an absolutely fabulously insight insight into being a university student with visual impairment um so yeah hope you enjoy Hi everybody, this is Laura from Suddenly Sightless. I'm here with Rianne from Accessibility to All, who's kindly taken the time to talk about what they're doing. So, hi Rianne, I'd like to say hi to the listeners. Hi everybody. Hi, um, so can you just introduce um, like who you are and the company? So, my name's Rianne and I'm part of the campaign called Ability for All. Um, we're working with the, Mus the British Muslim Women's Network um, where we was basically in July, we got together with them um, as they were organising a programme to get Bain women involved in politics and we got involved in them and we wanted to start a campaign to promote awareness of disabilities in universities. Oh, that's absolutely fantastic. Um, can you tell us what you do as Ability for All and how you are spreading this word? Okay, so um, as a campaign, you know, we wanted to spread awareness about disabilities in universities. And in order to do this, we wanted to create events 
that would enable the disabled and the non-disabled to feel more comfortable to you know address disability and questions that are to do with you know dis disability and disabled people yeah. so we wanted to create like pitch it uh, we wanted to create like interactive events whereby um we could engage with the public so we had a pitch in our main building which involved a stand and we had a board sheet where we could get people to discuss like what disability meant to them and what barriers that the disabled students faced. Oh, that's and, fantastic. And we're also creating a petition where we want to get 500 signatures from the, the students and the staff of Aston University to make the students' unions, so that's the body of people that like are involved with the welfare, social and educational uh, achievements of the university students, and make them celebrate international disability as a, a yearly thing. Yeah, because yeah that's great. Yeah. Okay, um, have you managed to get all those signatures? Well, we just started uh, two months ago and we've already got 53 signatures, but we're hoping to take this as something which we can do electronically. So we'll have, we're going around campus and getting people to sign, but we'll also have a sign-up sheet electronically where people can sign. And we want to reach this target by the end of the academic year, which is in June, and then present this to the SU. Oh, that's, fun. that's absolutely amazing. <laughs> and I wish you luck with that. Um, if there's anything we can do, we can pass the word on. That would be great. Um, yeah. Why did you start this venture? Was there a particular passion or an experience that you'd been through that had led you to start in Ability for All? Well, we wanted to start first of all because, you know, when we joined the uh, British Muslim Women's Network, there's a lot, a lot of like Bain women, so women that's come from ethnic backgrounds, you know, getting involved in, in policy and like politics and tackling like political issues. Yeah. Um, so that was one of the main reasons. And also because especially when it comes to disability, you know, there's not enough awareness spread about disability. Oh, definitely. Um, um, because I'm visually impaired and being at university, you know, I've experienced like firsthand some of the struggles that, you know, being a disabled student you can have. And I wanted to make a campaign where we could voice these, you know, struggles and spread awareness so that other disabled students in the future, you know, would feel that they have platforms and places within the university where they can feel, you know, at ease and feel that they're accepted for who they are, but more importantly, feel comfortable about their disability. No, no, that's that's really important thing. And I, I think what you're trying to do is absolutely fantastic. And it's breaking down those barriers and it's setting things in place for future students and making a difference. Um, yeah. I, I take my hat off to you, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, can I ask how you're trying to break down these barriers? So we, first of all, when we first started doing the campaign, we wanted to do more like, you know, physical events, uh, getting the disabled people involved, the students, and getting the non-disabled students involved. So we held an afternoon tea where we wanted to get to know the disabled students of Aston, hear their experiences of being, you know, disabled and what they've been through. Yeah. But when we did this event, nobody turned up. Um, and oh, this no. was a <laughs> this was turning curve for us because I was, you know, expressing to my fellow colleagues that, you know, being disabled, I feel like in order for you to become, you know, uh, comfortable and have, you know, inclusive events, 
we as disabled need to be able to speak about disability and feel comfortable and the non-disabled you know i.e the other students and the staff need to feel in a comfortable manner of approaching us yeah so we moved from that idea to kind of spreading more awareness which is why we wanted to create the petition and get more of the you know university public views on disability and the disabled students views on disability um because if we can start to have these conversations down the barriers then for future students they'll be able to have more you know inclusive events and feel that the uni is you know being accessible to them and supporting them with their needs yeah, so no. our main goal is spread awareness now yeah so, no, that's, know, that's great so. and the university will work really well for them as well you know saying that they can support disabled students and you're proof that that's actually happening so is there any support, financial, emotional, physical, that can be supplied to disabled students? I mean, in particular, those with vision loss, like yourself and me. Um, so, well, obviously, before you start university, you know, you can apply for the student finance and you can get the DSA, which will support with the, you know, um, like note taking yeah. or any support that you need in terms of like, uh, you know, helping you with your work or getting support for the library and you can also get like mobility support but you have to go to an assessment centre first once you've applied for the student finance and the assessor, the assessor will discuss your needs and then they'll write a list and send it to the disabled like body at the university okay. and then they'll uh, negotiate with the particular course you want the needs that you need that you have and what support you'll need. Um, so that's kind of like the best way to go about it. Um, and then obviously your student finance will pay for that and for the four or how many years you're in university, so that's covered. Um, and in terms of like emotional support, there isn't really any emotional support at the moment. Um, it's more to do with like negotiating your needs, but the disability officers have, you know, acknowledged that, you know, for the future, there does need to be an element of emotional support because when they, uh, the disabled students are coming to university, you know, a lot of times people just focus on the practical elements, i.e. like getting a note taker or getting yeah. things enlarged, but they forget that the emotional strain of making that big gap from say college or like to university or like me for example I came from a, a small disabled school yeah. so it can be a big jump so you need to have that emotional support in place so that you know you can get through those barriers as well but that's something that in the future they're definitely planning on you know working on and having. Yeah I think that would obviously be really helpful because you know nine times out of ten with any disability comes the impact on mental health. And like you yeah. say, the transition can be really difficult. And I know for myself, I mean, I was at uni and when I, was, when I um, had my vision loss, I then dropped out and I tried to go back and I just emotionally, I just couldn't cope with it. So again, I left. So it's, it's just knowing what's available and what support that you can get access to. And I think the more awareness that's spread about that, it will hopefully you know increase people going to college and not feeling like they've got barriers all the time and i think as well it's about knowing that it's okay to feel like this it's about acknowledging that you know this is a big transition in your life and that you know it's okay if you're feeling a bit deflated or if you're feeling you know a bit sad or you that you can't cope like this is normal because like you've got a disability so that can make things a bit harder but it's about making sure that you've got that support so that you feel like you know um like what happened with you like doesn't happen that you feel like you have to drop out or yeah. you can't go on because you can do it you know like we're more than capable it's just about making sure you've got the right support in place that will allow you to flourish in like a a healthy manner because I don't think the mental health of side with any disability is 
as recognised it should be and you know if your mental health is not right then your academics won't be right. No definitely it goes hand in hand. Um, did you find that the application process was like easily accessible um, to, to for DLA? Um, yeah, it was, I think, yeah, because on the student finance website, you know, they do have it on there mm-hmm. that you can apply for it, and there is the, um, obviously they've got the application form you can fill out, um, but I think it's, like, especially because, you know, when you're going to university, I think it's really important that the disabled person has somebody with them who knows about this, so when I was at college, I had a support worker who just finished university, and she was quite familiar with this kind of stuff, so she was giving me some help, and she was telling me like what to put down, and you know, um, where to go from there. If I'd have done it by myself, I wouldn't have had a clue, because yeah. I just, I didn't know what this was, so I think it's just important that when the person's at school or college, or if they've got like a family member, that they can just sit down with them and just go through it all together, because it's important that you get it right so that you can get the right support. No, definitely. Um, what advice would you give to any you know any disabled person that's looking to start a course or attend any training events? So one piece of advice that I'd give to them would be to make sure that you're in an environment, whether that be like a university course training or future employment, uh, where you feel uh, comfortable. So, like, for example, you're comfortable with the environment, you know, that you feel as a disabled user that you're going to be able to access that place, whether that be if you're a wheelchair user and you need to get ramps, or if you've got sight loss and you feel like, you know, you can use the cane in a in a place where you can manoeuvre in, like, a more accessible manner. Yeah. Uh, and also feel comfortable emotionally, like, so that you will be able to, like, you know, ask for help if you've got any questions in regards to your course or your lecturers. Um, and you know, for in employment, to be able to say to your employment employer, uh, this is what I need, and this is the requirements of my disability. Can you help me? Yeah. And also to feel that you know, you as yourself feel like this is going to be the best place to you. So I guess to do this, it would be to like you know, contact the uh, university, go to open days beforehand, ask them, for example, have they had any disabled students before, and if so, how have you helped them, and what you know, support can you offer me? Employers, you know. Um, you can check online to see like if some employers are you know uh, disability you know approved and if they'll take you on. Yeah. Um, and you can just do. Oh, hello. Oh, sorry, I've lost you. Hello. Hi, sorry, I've lost oh, you. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes, I can now. <laughs> Because, you know, uh, comfortability is key because, like, if you're in a university course or in a job, you might be in there, like, for a long time, you know, especially, like, with uni, you're going to be there for four years. So, you know, if you're away from home, it might not be easy for you to transfer to another university directly or, you know, get a job uh, in a new position straight away. So it's really important that you feel comfortable because if you feel comfortable, you'll be able to disclose any issues or any concerns or just anything about yourself. And I feel like, you know, being disabled, comfortability is key. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and I think being open and honest can help on both sides. It can help yourself feel more comfortable and it can also help those who you want help from so they know how to help you. Um, are there um, like any legal requirements? I mean, I know that there's the, you know, there's the Equality Act, um, there are things in place for um, employment, but in terms of education, are there any legal requirements to make the education accessible? I think obviously maybe it's more so to do with like, you know, the Equality and Diversity Act that, you know, that all disabled students should be able to go to, you know, university. Yeah. Um, but I think 
it's quite hard for all of you students to go to university because you know it will depend on the type of you know university you go to like for example, if you go to a Russell Group University like URB or Warwick, you know, um, it might be quite harder for you to have those legal requirements to make everything accessible because, you know, depending on the university's ethos, you know, they might believe that, you know, like I know, for example, being at Aston, that they want you to be independent. And sometimes it can be very hard to explain that, you know, yeah, I can be independent, but I need you to make these adjustments to allow me to be independent. Yeah. That's not okay. doing the work for me that's allow me to say, for example, to be able to access the materials or if you're doing things on a, a big screen, to make sure that you've sent me that program beforehand because if you don't, then I won't be able to access it. Yeah. Um, if you went to a different type of unity, for example, say, um, you know, Wolverhampton, they might be, their ethos, will, you know, might be to definitely encourage and make sure that all, you know, students are able to access everything in a fair and legal way. So I think it just depends on the university and then because of that that can restrict disabled students from what type of university they can go to you know yeah no, no, no definitely um is there anything that our listeners can do to help your um campaign and, and your um petitions um so i feel like first of all they could like follow us on our social media so our instagram page um also i think that they could you know we're going to be doing blogs soon um so from each member of the team and you know they could definitely like um, follow those and you know leave comments um they could sign our petition because the more petition members we get you know that would look really good even if it's not from our university it's yeah. just acknowledging that you know we want to make sure that you know disability day is celebrated and it should be you know because yeah, we're a yeah. university that's promoting equality and diversity um and i also think if they could like you know maybe like send any disabled people they know our way to start following our campaigns that we can signpost them yeah. um also if any of the listeners you know do have any like you know disabled friends or disabled family members who are transitioning to like say uni or employment um i think it'd be really good if they just encourage them to always vocalize how they feel about a particular situation or vo or you know be able to embrace their disabilities so that they can get the full capacity and potential out of a course or job or you know training experience um and that will happen no, that, that's, oh, yeah yeah that's great and i will make sure that i will um we from the podcast will share any kind of social media that you put up any blogs any um, petitions so we'll make sure that they reach our listeners um can you just um if you could just tell us the name, uh, your Instagram handle and Twitter handle or email address where any of our listeners can contact you directly. So it's, um, for the Instagram, it's at ability for all at 2018. Yep. And that's the same for all of our handles. Oh, that's brilliant. That's absolutely fantastic. And, and I hope that um, our listeners who are going through the transition of going to university or are at university, they do contact you. And, and it's yeah. been absolutely wonderful to speak to you. Thank you. And thank you for sharing all that wonderful information. And what you're doing is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I think that what she's doing is absolutely fantastic. I loved listening to the interview and I, I can't praise you enough. Um, so if you're listening, thank you so much for coming on to our podcast and, um, yeah, listeners get in touch. Maybe you are a, 
um, blind, part-sighted or disabled student in university and perhaps you felt that you haven't had quite the amount of support that you wanted. So get in contact with uh, Rianne and she can help you out. Yeah, and, and Fatma. Um, their handle is... Sorry, is the name Fatma? I just called her Rianne. Oh, no, there's Rianne and Fatma. Oh, oh there's two ladies <laughs> there. Rianne um, was the forefront of the interview. Uh, we'll make sure we share their page on the podcast. Um, and as I said, that everything they're doing is absolutely great. And it, it's it's been a massive insight for me because I don't realise those kind of barriers that are you know people are up against and it's about working together to bring those barriers down and whether it is a vision impairment or any other kind of disability you know you should be able to have the same opportunities as anybody else exactly and I mean I didn't go to university myself but my sister did my fiance did and Laura did and I know how hard it can be when you don't have something like a disability holding you back um, and I mean disabilities especially when you lose your sight me and Laura will definitely know it's so hard to learn how to do basic things like living life again, walking, you know, meeting people, things like that are so difficult. Throw in the stress of uni and I don't know how people cope with it. So it's so fantastic that women like Rihanna and Fatma are there to help people. No, definitely. <coughs> Sorry, uh, I'm losing my voice. <laughs> I think one of the, the main things is is realising that you don't just have, you know, maybe the physical issues with disability, it's the emotional suppression that you get with it and, and the issues that follow that then impact on your mental health. And that is one thing that Rihanna and Fatma are trying to get the university to be more aware of, you know, as you heard in the interview. And and I think it's, it's absolutely fantastic. And I'm so glad that I came across this on Instagram. Definitely. So, um, and I, you know, I spoke to Rihanna about how I went to university and then when I was diagnosed with my vision loss, I dropped out because I needed some time to kind of, you know, get used to everything yeah. again. And then I picked it up and I thought, yeah, I'll go back, I'll go back. And I just couldn't do it. I, I, I just, it was overwhelming. It was the anxiety. It was sitting in the classroom when you, you can't see what's going on. I mean, I have it now and problems with training courses and things at work. Yeah. So it'll be great you know, to see someone making a difference for Definitely. that and making it more inclusive for other students. Definitely. It just takes that one person to think that I can help people and then you never know where it's going to go. And I hope that we hear from you guys again soon. It would be great to have you back on the podcast. It was really, really, yeah. it was fantastic. Definitely. If anybody has any questions about the interview that we conducted or wants any more information, feel free to contact us. Um, we are also here to try and support you. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think next week we're going to try and um, get in a interview from a young lady who's living in Australia, and she's seventeen, and she has been through an awful ordeal. Um, and I hope she doesn't mind me saying that, but she is absolutely incredible, and she's been so proud of herself. Um, and that interview will definitely bring some insight to the, the I think issues it will that bring people, some tears yeah. as well. <laughs> from yeah. what Laura's told me it's um it's a heart-wrenching interview um but she's so strong and she, she's just doing so well yeah um I've spoken to her on like you know on a personal level as well and she, she's just she's just great she's a lovely girl she should be proud of herself she's yeah, so strong so um we'll get that in next week yes definitely yeah, look yeah. forward to uh posting that and for you guys to hear that also and um yeah so we just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who has agreed to interview with us um and for their insight to be posted on our podcast 
Um, it's really interesting listening to other people's stories. Yep. Um, as you guys know, me and Laura met and we bonded over what had happened to us and we've become thick as thieves ever since. But it's so wonderful to listen to other people as well because the best part that I took from mine and Laura's friendship is the feeling that I'm not alone and listening to other people as well I, I think it's just it's amazing it's definitely and it's nice like, <coughs> for people to know that we want to hear your story so if you want to talk to us get in touch get in touch you know all the ways <laughs> definitely <laughs> um, but we are always available we are always happy to speak to you and um, yeah so get in touch and come and chat with us definitely so I kind of um, dipping back into the mental health kind of side of things. Um, as you know, before Christmas, I wasn't having a great time. Um, still not having the best of time. But I'm going through process of assessments, which has been quite interesting, and that's been <laughs> eye-opening. Um, and I'll keep you up to date with that. I just I hope everyone had a lovely Christmas and enjoyed it as much as you could without being pressured or feeling overwhelmed. And then that was one of my main issues with being overwhelmed at yes. Christmas. Um, but I think I dealt with it all right. Yeah, I think you did, definitely. definitely. Um, and I think, again, it's good to have friends in the same situation mm -hmm. so you can just message and say, look, I'm having a hard time, this is what I'm dealing with. You know, sometimes it's just good to have someone on the other end that you can talk at, even if you can't talk to. <laughs> definitely. I mean, I mean I've, I've messaged Alex a few times this week, being like, I'm having an anxiety attack, I don't know what to do. <laughs> it's just, I'm like, I want to help, but short of coming into your office and slapping people, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I said to Laura, I literally said to her, do you want me to call with an emergency? <laughs> she was like, um, I'm tempted, but no. <laughs> um... So, um, do you have any plans this week? I am going to get my hair done, I'm going to get re-blonded, all part of the process of getting wedding ready because there's five months to go! Yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> it's so exciting. Um, and I am looking after a cat and I am speaking to a few people myself about potentially interviewing for the podcast. Uh, what about yourself? Work. Well, <laughs> <I've>, um, <laughs> I was supposed to be going to see my friends in Derby this weekend, but as you can understand, train station's a very busy place, and I've just been feeling too overwhelmed. So yeah, you think it would have calmed down two weeks after Christmas? It really hasn't. Um, no. There were delays last week. There were people on my Facebook moaning about the delays, um, and I just thought I'm I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm I'm not going up because I'm just not. I don't want to travel on my own in case I have a panic attack and I'll have Archie with me. So I just don't think exactly. it's very suitable. It's, it's, you know, you can't put a child in that situation. Um, no, so we're just going to have a chill out weekend at home probably. Yeah. I don't think I've got any plans. Um, I'm sorry if I have and anyone's listening. Like, <laughs> you're supposed to be saying mid At some point you'll be uh, possibly coming out with me. Um, so, you know, we, uh, we've we already made plans for things in the next few months. Um, so we have a very busy couple of months and you will definitely be hearing a lot more of us definitely because <laughs> <laughs> you know we won't stop until you're sick of us <laughs> no. Laura I've got unicorn socks on <laughs> don't look at my legs they need a shave or a wax <laughs> or a, you know chainsaw, <laughs> chainsaw. Well, I'll leave the chainsaw <laughs> anyway so um, yeah have you got any tips you'd like to share with people this week I actually have um so i got to the point where i was nearly having an anxiety attack over christmas 
because I was very stupid and forgot to take my antidepressants. Um, but I have found um, visualization therapy has helped me a lot. Um, so for me, cats can calm me down. So I pick a spot on the floor where hopefully there's no patterns or anything on the floor to distract me. And I try to visualize a cat and I try and imagine what it looks like, if it's got any stripes, if it's got features like white socks or, or a patch over its face or something. And I try to imagine it moving and as my anxiety starts to get smaller I imagine that the cat is eating it I know it sounds really strange but it's actually really calming to do um, okay. it's also something I used to do when I was in school I used to imagine that my anxiety was a shape it can be any shape you want for me it's a star because I like stars um, and you can pick any color for it so I would think as I'd start with a big star um, and it was red so that's when my anxiety was at its worst and then I imagine that I'm painting it different colours so as the colours get lighter and the star starts to get smaller the anxiety starts to shrink and it really helps because it's a distraction technique but it's also visualising it coming out of you and being channelled into other energies if you're not that creative or you think I haven't got that good an imagination then there's a technique called grounding where you put your hands flat down on a flat surface and push down and as you're pushing down imagine all your anxiety is going into the strength of you pushing down on that surface just make sure it's a sturdy surface because yeah. you don't want anyone crashing through a coffee table <laughs> no, but it really really helps um, give that a go actually definitely i mean when i've been in work i've imagined a cat coming in and the thought of a cat walking into mm. an office is so ridiculous that it actually makes you laugh and then while you're laughing the endorphin release in your brain pushes the anxiety away so it's really helped me hmm i'm gonna give it a go definitely definitely really that's a really really good tip Thank, Thank you very you. much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and as we are coming into winter as well, uh, I thought it would be good to touch on some winter preparation tips for skin. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, I, I, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I have found um, that my skin gets very, very dry in winter. My lips get very dry and lip balm doesn't really help. Um, but usually when I'm a bit run down that happens as well there's not a lot I can do with that but I found a product by Garnier called um, I think it's called triple botanical skin or something like that um, and basically you can use it as a moisturizer um, overnight you can use it as a mask or you can use it as a day cream and it is very it's very light but it's very deep moisturizing so I recommend that Oh, brilliant. I've been using the Nivea Urban Detox Mask, Ooh. the one minute one, and it's actually been really good. I mean, over winter, I get really bad eczema, and it's all mm. over my face and my arms and my bum, <laughs> 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 and um, it, it gets really sore and it can bleed, um, just... but this Nivea Pollutant Mask, it's it's really <laughs> good. You just put it on for, um, it's really cool when it comes out, so you can feel that you've got everywhere, mm. and you know, don't go anywhere near your mouth, your eyes, and then you... Leave it for a minute, rub it in, and then wipe it off with um, a cotton pad. I just, I'm sorry, I just had an image of you like a bed rubbing your butt on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that. Thank God. Don't scratch. I touch those walls. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it's really good and it's helped my skin feel a little bit better. Definitely. I have also found for those of you with sensitive skin and you can't use things like, for example, my sister's allergic to lanolin, you can buy these cloths, facial cloths called bamboo cloth. 
Um, and because it's all natural and there's no synthetic ingredients, it's really good for your skin. Mm -hmm. And it's good for taking off masks or cleansers or makeup and things like that. And yeah. they are quite cheap as well. You can get them on Amazon. You can get them on eBay, but I'm a bit iffy about eBay. Um, but it's it's really good to use if you are allergic or just very, very sensitive. Um, and also going back to the mask that I use that's also very cold um, but if you want your moisturiser to be that little bit colder then you can put it in the fridge 15 minutes before you use it don't leave it in overnight because it will change the formula mm, and probably not come out the tube exactly <laughs> <laughs> so there's lots of products out there um, I think I would recommend not doing any kind of exfoliation yeah I mean, I've been doing a little bit of exfoliation around my nose because my nose starts to peel in winter and that has helped a lot. But unfortunately, um, it has led to small spots around my nose and oh they no. are so painful. <laughs> if you don't know they're there and you scratch your nose, you're like, oh my God, what the hell? Yeah, um, I don't So I have to be very careful with that. And um, ease up on the toner if you use toner. Toner has alcohol in, um, which already dries out your skin. So it's obviously not going to be your best friend in winter. Um, this is where my sort of background comes out and I'm like, don't do this, don't do that. But um, I do know kind of what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely moisturise is key um, and keep drinking water as well because that's just a good tip for every day. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> um, we have got a beauty event booked in April with Birmingham Vision. We do. So if you're interested in attending that, uh, I think the way we're going to run that is... Um, I think I actually forgot to tell you, <laughs> um, but is to do a kind of seasonal looks, seasonal okay. skin kind yeah. of routine, that kind of thing. So there'll be lots of handy tips in there if you want to come along. Definitely, especially because April is that stupid in-between yeah. of winter and summer, or as we like to call it, spring. Yeah. It's the most confusing time of year. Spring yeah. and autumn, it's very... You don't know what to do with your wardrobe, with your looks, or anything Oh, I never like worry about that. my wardrobe. If it fits me, I'm wearing it. If, if I'm comfy, I'm wearing it. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even iron. I'm just like, eh, the creases will yeah, drop out. No, no. <laughs> but if you guys have any requests or any tips, then don't hesitate to get in touch. Um, if you found any skincare that works for you, let me know. Especially because I'm trying to get my skin in check before my wedding. Because I just know that it's going to be like that scene in my big fat Greek wedding where she mm -hmm. wakes up and there's a massive spot on her face. Oh. Um, oh, I will tell you. I completely forgot to tell you. I found this really weird tip on YouTube. Um, basically, I I love weird beauty tips. Um like I once found a tip for undry bags use hemorrhoid cream because it lessens the puffiness but it reduces the blood vessels exactly and, yeah, um, so yeah and I found that you can use um, cornstarch instead of face powder to mattify your skin um, you can use um, cherry jelly and um, moisturizer for like a, a cheek tint um, there was another one as well and I can't remember what it was I think chocolate powder is bronzer. Uh, yeah, you can use that as like cut for contouring. Exactly. Um, but I found this really weird tip the other day. I was looking at bridal makeup because I'm doing my own makeup, and um, I swear to God that she said if you don't want to use an expensive primer, use Vagisil on your face. For those of you that don't know, Vagisil is a vaginal lubricant, usually aimed at women um, going through the menopause. And um, yes, yeah, so I was like, okay, I'm sure she said Vagisil for her face, so I backed it, and sure enough, she said you can use Vagisil as a primer. So that's one that I don't think I'll try, but if that's your 
was going to say it's actually jam. If you think about it, though, it's very serving <laughs> lubrication and to kind of... And it gives you a nice sticky base um, for your I think makeup. I'll stick, stick to the Nivea men's yeah, aftershave. Yeah, I think I will. <laughs> There's another food one, and I can't remember what it was. Um, I would not put food on my face. I'm sorry, but there were wasps. There were bees. No, exactly. Oh, there that was it. Egg whites, egg whites. Um, if you whip up egg whites and put it on your face for 20 minutes, it tightens your skin and gives you a temporary facelift. Um, I have tried this before as a pore minimizer and it is good but again it is very temporary but I can give you the best tip ever for a cheap and natural face mask I used to mash up avocado and honey and natural yogurt and it is fantastic it's lovely and cooling and you can eat it if you so wish um, <laughs> but it is lovely <laughs> guacamole on your face or vagisil whatever whatever Rocks you. Sure, well, I'm, I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to try it. And I'm going to see how I it actually, goes. I actually, I have it at home. Um, not because there's anything going on. I literally just thought it was on offer, and I thought I'm going to try it, but I haven't tried it. <laughs> but I, I will try anything once, even if it's stupid. There's a technique called Jamsu, which is Korean, and I think it literally means diving. And the idea is that you do your foundation and your concealer, and you absolutely cover your face with a ton of powder, and then you dunk your face into a bowl of freezing cold water and the idea is that it kind of it's a reverse baking technique and your whole face is mattified and looks flawless and it does but I didn't like the feeling of dunking my face in cold water I felt like I was drowning so while it's a good technique and it really works I don't really recommend it but I will literally try anything once so if you've got a weird tip get in contact and <laughs> I will do that for you <laughs> yeah cool well it's been lovely to catch up with you guys and definitely to, to you and to the podcast again definitely yeah we've touched on accessibility and education we've done mental, mental health, health. <laughs> makeup skincare weird tips <laughs> yeah don't record all bases there we hope you all have a lovely week and we'll be we're excited to bring you more next week definitely speak to you soon bye